Okay, I'm recording. Okay, cool. What were we recording? I hate your movie. This is the first, well, the first episode. Oh, you sorry. I'm it. You're introing. Oh, we didn't yeah. discuss this. You're oh. the main guy. Oh. Okay. Just you, well, just not the main. Just because you bought all the equipment and it's in your your, <laughs> your studio. That's <laughs> your your thing. Um, well, Intro away. Welcome to I Hate Your Movie with Dan and Rick. Ever since we watched a infamous movie called Pig, and we had equally opposite opinions on it truly um, terrible film a truly wonderful yeah. piece of cinema yeah. uh we realized we, it's kind of fascinating how we disagree on films so this is why we started this podcast it's called i hate your movie because we make each other watch movies that is out out of someone else's uh comfort zone right yeah 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 exactly that uh we, we both consider each other to to like a wide variety of films there are the good, the bad in the films, and all that kind of stuff. The good, the bad, and the, and ugly. the ugly. Yeah, and the ugly. See what I did there? <laughs> Tied yeah, it in. Nice. On the fly. You mm. couldn't tell. <laughs> but there seems to be like a massive like gap. Like, I don't really like old films. I don't really like the really critically, the Sundance films, the critically acclaimed ones. Um, and Dan generally doesn't seem to like pop culture films. Yeah. So. There's a few exceptions, but. Yeah. I, I get bored with like standard kind of storytelling. I look for the weird and the interesting. But actually, today's movie is not so weird in that sense. It is quite standard for the 60s <laughs> and the early <laughs> 70s. I made Rick watch The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. How many like Westerns have you seen? Not you, many. You told me that you hate Westerns. I don't enjoy them. I find them all to be similar. I think it comes from like, I used to go around like my grandparents' house when I was a kid and they just, you know, channel four on a Wednesday because like, you only had four channels and you just had to, it was just Westerns. That's all it was. Yeah. And people just standing around staring at each other. That sounds amazing to me. <laughs> all Westerns all the time. It was just awful. Uh, just sitting there watching Westerns and they're so similar. Like okay. all of them are so similar. Yeah, but you haven't seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, which is like the quintessential western. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll come to that in a bit. Okay. Like I went, yeah, I wrote a, a review of kind of what I thought of the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I'm hoping to kind of, if we kind of release that review at the same time as this comes okay. out. Okay. Yeah. Of then course. You can kind of see my point of view, not just from the haha jokey sense, but why I think it's. Not very good. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll hear you out. Even though, like, I, we usually disagree on films, I do think your criticism are very interesting. Is usually okay. something I haven't even considered. So this is why I think it could be interesting. I tasked you to summarize the movie in yes. one sentence. One sentence. Yeah. So it's it, this comes from one of the notes I wrote uh, when I was watching the film. So my one-line review doesn't gonna make, isn't gonna make any sense at all. But it's cannons, cannons, cannons. Okay, lots of cannons. Cannons, cannons, cannons. It comes from a note I wrote, running, 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 cannons, 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 graves, graves, graves. And people, people, people. Yeah. There's lots of people. Lots there is of, lots of people. Lots of, like, production values. Must have been, like, one of the most expensive movie made at the time. Yeah. It's called Spaghetti Western, because yep. uh, I assume because Italy uh, gave, like, tax reductions or something. Lots of people are dubbed in the movie. Yeah. The whole movie is dubbed. That's how Italians make movies. They get people from all around the world and then they speak their own language and then they are dubbed over later in English. And then some of them was really obvious and distracting. Yeah. It's quite a common practice. They do it a lot in um, like Eastern Europe as well, mm. where like they, they're filming outside scenes and that entire scenes are dubbed. Yeah. Because they do it for that, they just do it for the whole thing. Yeah, it's cheaper. It's cheaper that way. Because you get like five voice actors uh, okay and then because of like the sound equipment doesn't have to be carried around all day and things like that so what did you think of this film it was long it yeah. was ridiculously and unnecessarily long for what it was i mean even when we were watching it like an hour into the film you were like oh now the film starts <laughs> yeah uh, 
<laughs> the story starts. The story starts in an hour into the plot, to be specific. You could have easily boiled that down to a, like an one a hour and a half, two hour story packed film, yeah. and you didn't. You just like for the first ten minutes. Did you know for the first ten minutes of that film, nobody speaks an entire word of dialogue? I know that's a positive to me. It's, no, they're just. It, <laughs> it starts with two men having a staring contest. Like it's an interesting thing to happen because there's one down the end of the road and one down the other end of the road, and they're like looking at each yeah. other. Because I thought they were gonna fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, they're not. They're, they're no, just... they're they're slowly approaching a bar. Yeah, they're just yeah. staring at each other. Yeah, just pointlessly. Why are they staring at each other as well? Why aren't they staring at the bar? Well, they are. That was kind of the bait and switch, you know, that because you think it's gonna be a showdown, but they're actually there for just to see one guy. I think all of those things that you describe, the length of the movies, to me, is like vibes mm. and tension. And if I understand if you don't don't feel the tension, no, not then at it's all. really boring to you. But I did. I, I thought it was, it was amazing. It's an amazing movie that holds up amazingly well. And and then the the, the men go jump through the the saloon doors, I think, and then like bam, 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 and then the ugly jumps out the window. Yeah, yeah. Like, why has he jumped out the window? Like, the second he jumped out the window, I was like, yeah, this is gonna be a bit silly, really. Well, there's co- comedy in it, which was a thing I really noticed this time, especially with editing, is where you think a scene goes and then cut, and it's a different thing. Yeah, I mean, tu- Tuco definitely was the comedy element of the film. Yes. He, was, he was there for comedic purposes. You know, when I last watched this movie, like about 10 years ago, maybe, I was a big Clint Eastwood fan, and I really love him uh, as a filmmaker and an okay. actor, both. But this time, I was, I was actually like... Tuco, yeah, hell yeah. Maybe because I'm getting older and the coolness factor doesn't really, don't really care. But that guy, that Jewish man in brown face, <laughs> he really st- stole the show. He did. No, if not even way. just comedically, like when he meets the priest, his priest brother. Yeah. Again, see that for me, that entire scene can be cut. Like there is no point of that. They just happen to be in a place. Oh, it's your brother. Oh, there's a scene, and then they leave. And it has no impact on the rest of the story whatsoever. That's uh, not true. Well, the impact of the scene is Tuco's like character arc, which, to be honest, doesn't really land very go. well. Yeah, so it's pointless. We were talking about the the pointless brother scene that was not necessary at all, and it's right. another ten minutes of the film that could easily be cut out. Right. So it wasn't. The the important bit in, in that scene is that Blondie, the good, he watches that. And he kind of has a change of heart about Tuco in that he kind of starts to trust him or, or not even trust him, but feel bad for him. Because Tuco says, oh, um, where we come from, we are either a bandit or a priest. And then he, he kind of starts to feel bad for him, which is he could leave him behind because Tuco tells him the cemetery is, but he doesn't leave. Okay. And that later pays off in the showdown, which is he kind of saves Tuco. Yeah, but the most of the film is them two on their journey. Yeah. They they already team up when they go to the end of the railroad thing, where they're walking through all the, the little town and they're shooting yeah. everyone. So they've already teamed up. They can already trust each other without that scene being in the film. The end of the film, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen the film made in 1967. The end of the film, he leaves him like hanging on a rope and he like runs away and he leaves him stranded in the desert again. So like, what was the point? Like he does obviously doesn't feel that bad for him and he does obviously doesn't trust him that much. Well, he doesn't leave him. He does, but he's still in the middle of like this graveyard desert place on his own with like a ton of gold that he can't carry. Hmm? He, in the end, he Clint Eastwood leaves him yeah. high and dry. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> they don't have like a, a standard Hollywood character arc. It's more like a, a flat line that's interesting to me. Because they're not like they start in a place and then they end in a place. They're pretty much the same all throughout. But you learn more about them and then their kind of relationship change. I just didn't see it change from start to finish. Like at the start, they're an uneasy team. And at the end, they're an uneasy team. In fact, yeah. they're worse off by the end in <laughs> that he leaves him stranded in the desert with a grave with loads of gold that he can't possibly carry there's some resources a few miles back where they that was that bridge so it's not that completely impossible but the point is yeah the brother scene 
could be cut. Like, okay. You could. I don't think so. Even if you start, because like you say, they, they start and end in the same place on their kind of who they are. It doesn't matter then. You, you could no, cut most of it. What still... matters is that the Clint Eastwood character learns about Tuco and he he gets he feels sympathy for it and that's clear and how does he show that sympathy well mostly through acting <laughs> if anything <laughs> and then the other bit is he could just go get the thing now uh, Tuco tells him where the cemetery is yeah so he could just fuck off now mm. and just leave him but he doesn't and that's I, it's hard to explain because I think it's through acting mostly because it's giving looks like hmm well can I trust you well I've heard your backstory so you know I will for now kind of deal the point is the, the film still would have made sense if you cut out you you, you do that you, you you get something from it and that's cool if you because you like the film but for someone who just thought the film was way too long you know you, you you're looking for bits to take out that the plot still would have made sense most of the reason you watch this movie is for the characters i think that's why it's it's a part of a trilogy like yeah, the yeah, yeah. It's trilogy, the, it's but the... it's not the same characters. It could have been called because it's called um, Fistful of Dollars, Few Dollars More. Could have been called Dollar Something Something again. Well, it's a prequel. Is it? Yes. Okay. Uh, see, I, I looked up some fun facts about the Good, Bad, oh, okay, and the Ugly. Yeah. So it's kind of a prequel. At the end of Good, Bad, and the Ugly, you see Clint Eastwood pick up his poncho that he then wears for Fistful of Dollars and uh... a few more dollars. Would you like to hear more fun facts about the good, the bad and the ugly that I looked up? Oh, yeah. Um... I'm completely unprepared, by the way. <laughs> I spent all <laughs> week just setting this this up and then I forgot to do my homework. My fun fact, which is probably my favourite thing about this film, is that the pitch was just like, the guy who gave the pitch just made it up on the spot. They were like out of the film executive mm-hmm. and they were like, okay, we really like these last two films you've done. What's your next one? And he was like, um, I've got this idea about free people and finding gold. And the blah, blah, blah. and the film executive was like, yeah, cool, let's make it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Very much comes across in the film. No. <laughs> it's got a strong plot. Me- it just, it meandering takes a while nonsense. It takes a while to get to, but I don't think it's all those scenes are useless. It's, you learn about the characters. You... you learn about them quicker. You don't have to take 10 minutes to, <laughs> to, to learn one fact about a character. You just... Well, it's 10 minutes is underselling it. It's more like half an hour each well, character. Well... Exactly. <laughs> kind of. Exactly. It was necessary for the film. It was. Cool. So I'm going to leave my, my last fun fact about the good, the bad, and the ugly until okay. later. We're gonna, I'm going to make you wait for it. Oh, no. It's a, it's a big fact. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, so the first... <laughs> so I was really distracted in the first, like, half hour of the film by Clint Eastwood's scarf. Okay. He's wearing this really, like, trendy, thin, grey scarf with, like, little frilly bits at the end. Mm-hmm. And it's completely out of place with the rest of his wardrobe. Mainly because he's in the desert. Why is he wearing a scarf? It's not like a scarf is in round his neck, but it shows to me that in the first hour, half hour of the film, whenever he took the scarf off, um, that's what I noticed the most because <laughs> nothing else was happening. That's not true. <laughs> We're learning about the characters. Yeah. We're learning. One, one thing I noticed this time is that this movie is very bleak. It's like very cynical. And, and like sarcastic like for example when the little um, names come up the ugly the bad and the good when the good comes up he was doing something horrible like yes that, but that's this well, is this is one of my main points as well like that's in, the, in the thing that I wrote is the good is not the good no in any way shape no. or form he is an awful person yeah he is um, yeah you meet him and he's oh you're like oh wow he's taking that outlaw to jail and then he frees the outlaw <laughs> Goes to the next town, swindles them out of their money. <laughs> but I think that's by design. That's definitely by design because the the title card flashes up when he's like splitting money with Tuco. You know, like the good. Yeah, that's supposed to be the good in Western society. Yeah. He has the most biggest moral compass, I think. He he definitely is the only one who thinks about what's good in his world and what's bad you know yeah and um, not that fits with society's good and bad definitions but he, i think he's the one who thinks about it most yeah but then he still does yeah kind of the opposite of what what a, a good person in society would do do you know also not i didn't write it down but it is one of my fun facts of the film okay clint eastwood or the good the unnamed person blondie 
Blondie has the highest body count out oh, of really? all of them. Yeah, out of everyone, he kills the most people. That's hilarious. And it's it's by a long way as well. Oh, really? I can't remember the actual numbers. Like I didn't write them down, but it's like the bad kills like four. Mm-hmm. Tuco kills five and he kills like 13. <laughs> Again, I think that's not a criticism. I think that's by design. Which is good, I suppose. Like, it's, 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 you know, you don't have a traditional good guy. And that's generally what the kind of film that I'm into that kind of takes the idea of good yeah. and sees what happens if you put that in a, in a bad situation and what that does to mm. someone and that can they keep their morals alive. But I just feel it didn't really land because he still thought he was good he still thought he was yeah it's probably like the best person in town (laughs) even but that's just kind of like the social commentary of this film i also don't understand just westerns as like a genre no no so here we go some more fun facts go on did you know like the western era only lasted about 20 years that was it like there was a period when because the Wild West, there were the people where the people travelled out west. Oh, that! Oh, I thought you meant the movie era. No, 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 no. Oh. So people travelled out west, and then for like twenty years, it was a bit, and then everything calmed down. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think it was ever like in this movie. There like, is some things like that. I mean, like, I know it's all like fantasy for me. I'm not looking for like realistic no. portrayal of you know things. They did shootouts. They genuinely did yeah, the whole yeah, stand out. Yeah. yeah. But, but that was duels back then as well. Yeah. But like, because the guns were so inaccurate, it wasn't like a quick draw. Yeah. It yeah. was like stand there and hold for like a couple of minutes. And there was times where people were shooting at each other and they had to stop, reload, <laughs> and then start shooting again. I know a fun fact about that too. Yeah. <laughs> fun facts. Fun facts. <laughs> fun facts with Dan and Rick. Also, I hate your movie. <laughs> so like these kind of westerns heavily heavily were inspired by Akira Kurosawa films and samurai films. Okay. And the westerns were more influenced by like samurai culture than actual like cowboys. It's kind of interesting. The quick draw thing was a samurai thing, which is <coughs> just <laughs> with swords. With swords, just, yeah. Just standing really yeah. close to each other. Because quick draw. <laughs> yeah. That's what really happened. In sam- and that's how samurai duels happen. It's like who who can because it, it wasn't like a sword you like you know back yeah, and yeah. forth it wasn't like fucking um, Return of the Sith and a killing everyone <laughs> for like half an hour nailing it it was literally as you take out your sword you kill the other person and who can do that faster and who will move faster kind of thing and that's where that comes from as far as I understand but surely that would just end in a draw every time. You would just kill each other. I don't know. Because if even if you cut someone across yeah. the chest, they would still take a while to die, and therefore that would give them time to, uh, or at least you would simultaneously swing. They also if, even if it's like swing, swing, well, you would still, unless you swing and then move back, swing <laughs> and move back. <laughs> um, they also have the law of like honor, so maybe that's they just like well, uh, I accept the feat. Yeah, true. Maybe it was like that. I don't know. I'm I'm speaking out of terms now. <laughs> I just know the quick draw. That's where that comes from. Ah, well, that is a fun fact. Yeah, yeah. And these uh, samurai films and western films are really interconnected. Magnificent Seven and Samurai Samurai is the same plot. Okay. And yeah, so you know these kind of cultures are a bit interconnected and taken from each other. Film language. I don't understand the appeal of westerns at all i like the slowness i like that it's like taking its time i like that you just kind of get immersed in the movie you know it's not a kind of movie that has to start with like a explosion in the first five minutes kind of yeah i like the world i like i like the characters usually it depends on the western but yeah okay if it's uh uh, you know whatever genre it is if a good film it's a good film and i think this is a good film I think we can both agree that the bad guy is the bad. Yeah. I think, though, that his introduction was incredibly heavy-handed. Okay. Have you seen that scene before? And you have. Okay. But you're not. Sh- I'm not sure you remember. There's one director in the modern age that likes to 
steal a lot from this movie and like stealing might not be even like a strong word for it <laughs> heavily heavily influenced by this film quentin tarantino yes um he loves a good western yeah he does um the first five minutes of inglorious bastards when the nazi guy comes in and takes the food from the little farmer guy who's hiding the the jews but aren't they hiding under the floor they are yeah, yeah but that's the difference yeah but it's pretty much the same scene he comes in but it's it's pretty much that scene's been done loads of times bad guy walks in calm cool collected coolly threatens the guy the threat the guy you know yeah. says no and then he murders everyone well it's not just Quentin Tarantino that's been done that uh, yeah but the, specifically the food food bits taking the food and then breaking bread together oh, okay yeah I think it's like a interesting um twist on that scene which and, and being at home weirdly personal thing and that you just kind of just someone crashes it without saying a word and then just eating your food is kind of weird yeah but it's not just that so that scene fair enough he's bad you know he's killed the guy he's killed the son that's running down the stairs at him yeah but then he goes back to his employer and murders him yeah and then he was like yeah i think he gave me some money to kill you because i've been hired by the guy you've asked me to kill yeah, to yeah, kill yeah. You. that's hilarious it, it's ridiculous <laughs> i know it's absolutely ridiculous well it's a terrible way to run a business if you're <laughs> killing all of your clients <laughs> he's after the big money that's why he's off this gold yeah but you know it, you could have had the first scene you know he's cool he's you know he's calm but he's still murdering people he's clearly a psychopath mm. you didn't need the next one where he goes and murders an old man in his bed i think you needed that i think you needed to show that he's a complete cold-hearted bitch as as i said like the only person who has a moral compass in this film is clint eastwood and he's at the bed uh, angel eyes is the most far removed from that which is he does not care at all has no morality whatsoever yeah again you I, yeah. you I feel like you could have you understood that perfectly well from the first scene you didn't need the second scene but if you only have the first scene then well, what differentiates him as the worst guy because because then he he could be similar to blondie not really because a killer for hire is different from someone who commits crime to get by mm-hmm. you know blondie's going place to place he's you know, earning money in between, whereas this guy is literally killing people for money. Yeah. That would yeah, be the difference. Yeah, but... And I think that would make it even better because it kind of... Then then you've got that question. You've got that kind of blurred lines between the good and the bad. Forget the ugly. <laughs> uh, and that would make it a bit more of like a moral question, whereas it was kind of with that scene, you've got like, okay, he's bad. All right, yeah, he, we get it. He's bad. <laughs> I like that extra edge, though. I like it. Like, it's, it's, like, it would have been like a far more standard but that surprises me because you normally like the subtleties you normally like the the grey areas and there's no grey area in that he is just yeah. evil kind of yeah but I think it's just well done you know like <laughs> he's kind of like a moustache twirling villain but in terms of the film dynamics and the characters he works well he, he works well in contrast to the other two characters even though all of them are horrible yeah, I, it's it's like it's like you could have that scene, and then he walks out the door from killing the old guy and kicks a puppy. You know, it's just, it would be completely unnecessary. But yeah, he, you know, he's evil now. It was now more, you it really was more tastefully evil. done then. No, he kills an old man, like a dying, yeah. like a really. Yeah. He kills an, a sick old man in his bed. It's not tasteful at all. There's nothing <laughs> tasteful about it. Well, more tasteful than on on his way out, he kicks a puppy. <laughs> It was... he, he could have killed that donkey that was was going around and uh, probably like crushing some <laughs> wheat or something. Yeah, but it was it was heavy handed and unnecessary. And again, it's another scene you could cut. No, yeah, it's another five minutes of film. Which which bit? The, the an... old guy killing? Yeah, the old guy killing. That's no. easily another five minutes of my life I could have got back. No, because you see, so okay, so the first half of that scene it makes him bad. The and the second half, the old guy killing makes him horrible. You know, like there's there's different levels there. Yeah, but that and again, then, you could have just subtly that's it done. 
And then you're like, who's the good? Who's the bad? <laughs> you know, that's as, an interesting film. Then. And it's not the just antagonist. Some, some evil person going, killing sick old people. As the antagonist, he needed to be, like, really bad. You Why? know, and he... Because, like, you need to set up your bad guy as a formidable villain who's, like, really cold-hearted and really would do anything for the the prize money, which is the whole plot. The first scene with him establishes that. Okay. And it's the same, um, ag- same again with, I like... D- I think it needs that edge. I don't really think it does. It, it would miss some, like... It would just be boringer, you know, without that. Boringer. Uh, boringer, yeah. More boring. <laughs> boringer. <laughs> New slogan. <laughs> Be boringer. Disagree. Well, that's the point. Let's move on because we disagree and that's the whole point. Right, so what, what else do I have in my notes? Right, yeah. I, uh, it's a tiny note, but um, I didn't really... It was it was weirdly comedic in the middle of the film where Chuko goes and gets a gun. Yeah, yeah I love it, that. <laughs> he's just... Uh, and like every gun in there is interchangeable. Yeah. Like yeah. every single one. Does he just oh, starts know. picking guns off the shelf willy nilly, taking them apart and putting them back together because every gun is interchangeable, obviously. Uh, it makes total sense. To be honest, that seems uh, I have no idea, right? But that seems realistic to me for the time. Okay. Which is there were three manufacturers making guns and it was pretty much the same type, right? I think so. Mm, yeah, maybe. But that that scene goes on. You know, yeah, and it, it goes through, and it's kind of you know, it's like I say, it's the comedic scene. Goes out the back, shoots the targets, shoots them forwards, shoots them sideways, yeah, like you do, you know, because every gun is like super accurate. But um, you need to show he's a good shot. You do need to show he's a good shot, and that's fine. And then he robs the, <laughs> yeah, and then he robs the shop owner. Like the shop, <laughs> it's such a bad business model. <laughs> this guy's just yeah, but yeah, just have have a gun, have some live ammo. Yeah, yeah what what could go wrong? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, and now I'm being held up at gunpoint. <laughs> Who the funk? So you're telling me that was a good scene, right? It was funny oh, because okay. it was it was it was ludicrous. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. Yeah. So I'm not looking for realism, eh, you know. But it's again, it's like such a, a weird film, like scene to have in the film that's like all slow and like just staring at each other and like shootouts and that, and all of a sudden he's just, just really like something straight out of like a. You know, like a Western version of Airplane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my next note, and I can't really remember the scene very well, but it's why don't the brothers believe he's alive? He goes and hires some people. Oh, yeah. All right, I have a problem with this scene. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so there's a scene where Tuco goes and meets his like brothers, which is, might not be even like his brother's brothers. I think it's just yeah. bandit, bandit friends. Yeah, yeah, gangster friends. This scene, I didn't like this scene, and I didn't remember this scene, and it was weirdly blurry as mm-hmm. fuck. Yeah, it looked shit. Yeah, the the dub was even worse off. I think this is like a um, kind of discovered scene and put back in. Uh, okay, because so I have lots of gripes with Amazon Prime. They like just shove it on there. It's so lazy. Um, they just find a version. In, doesn't even have to be like the right aspect ratio nothing they just shove it on there they don't give a fuck i really don't like them that scene also from that scene on the ho- the i'll be watching with subtitles mostly because of me from that scene the subtitles were off so i think that's like a discovered scene that they put in like as an extra okay but yeah they were looking at him and they're like oh my god i don't believe you're alive Juko died in the desert three yeah. years ago and but like you're looking at him like, <laughs> you not believe he's alive? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like that scene. It didn't make any sense at all. You you changed so much since three years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I haven't seen is you it... since you were 33. <laughs> I haven't seen you since you were Jewish and you had a white face. <laughs> Tuco's pink umbrella. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's your problem? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, it's a perfect match to his scarf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a funny guy. He steals a bunch of shit. Okay, yeah, I do actually didn't think about that. Yeah, it's probably yeah. something he stole from yeah. like a lady. Some a lady from a lady. That makes sense. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm winning. <laughs> I tell you what, I did have here. Right, you ready for this? Good makeup effects. Okay. I liked it when Clint Eastwood was um, going through the desert, and then oh, yeah. he's really out of water, and his face starts to get all cracked up. 
Yeah. I thought it was really good. Yeah, it was well done. It was weird. His recovery was weird. <laughs> he's just like... Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden. Takes a sip of water. Yeah. Oh, I'm good now. <laughs> All of my skin is healed. It's they good. say it was weeks or something. I think they say two weeks. But okay. like it was just weird, like a sudden cut. There was nothing in between, you know? Yeah. And also from that scene, I think he's... Is that where he's unconscious? Because he... He's like semi... He's like half awake kind of thing. Yeah. So like, well, they're dragging him to, to go to a bed. And I think it's like one of those actors stipulation things at some point because at no point does his head like sink oh, okay. he's constantly like he's got his he's unconscious but his head's perfectly upright <laughs> like on full view of the camera so you can always see his face mm. it's just it's just like it just reminded me of like like i said those actors things where they're like oh no i can't be on the ground for more than five seconds i have to win the fight well oh. yeah maybe or it could be like an old hollywood thing where it's like you need to see the star of the mm, film maybe we're gonna have a fun fact oh go on because reminding me of clint eastwood star power this film nearly didn't get made or at least it got delayed by a long time because clint eastwood was negotiating his contract he did not want to do a third film kind of made fun of in again a tarantino film once upon a time in hollywood yeah kind yeah. of DiCaprio character is kind of based on him and yeah DiCaprio says like I don't want to go to Italy anymore to fucking make westerns I'm fucking <laughs> done with them that was kind of him really skipping through my notes now my next note was pointless brother scene because that's where it happens in the film because mm. it's pointless oh yeah this this is one of my favorite bits of the <laughs> as in genuinely or, or <laughs> ridiculously my only favorite parts of this film are ridiculous ones because okay. they are not actually my favorite parts All of the right. film it's the favorite parts of root canal okay <laughs> you know the favorite part of root canal is when i was hallucinating on the meds and i saw a donkey climb through the window kind of thing um which is when they're walking to like walking down the hill and they're like oh i wonder how far it is to the next thing and they get like jumped by these troops and the camera pans around and there's this giant like internment camp or something <laughs> a giant like army camp and they just didn't see it at all yeah. it was ridiculous that was a bit silly not even not see it but don't hear it yeah there's so many people there it's at this point of the film the budget of the film seems to absolutely skyrocket yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's it gets ridiculous sometimes and- it's like fans so many people they like have to sit barely like they touch completely yeah yeah yeah. there's so many people but it's like that's like a really good idea of what an army camp would look like like people on the front lines and Uh, i wonder if you agree with this this movie portrays war great i think yeah 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 and like how miserable everyone looks and like everyone's just like wounded and and looks shit and disheveled that guy they meet in the camp the, the, yeah, the drunk, the, the the drunk, drunk guy yeah, who's yeah, in yeah. charge yeah that's great i love that absolutely do you know he was told that uh, the director was told not to set the film during a civil war he was told that films set during the civil war were like not gonna make money they, they were like hollywood curses yeah. that none of them made money beforehand and he was it is kind of true it is kind of true those movies don't make money but for this movie the civil war is a backdrop yeah. And it's just kind of like, just lingers there as this, this bleak, horrible thing that constantly happening while they're having this adventure. Yeah. I kind of love that. Well, it's it causes, causes an extra element of danger in the whole yeah. thing. That's that's the point of it. It's not just like, how are they going to get across the desert of the gold? How are they going to get across the desert plus for all the troops? And that works. Well, for me, thematically, I think the war element is about kind of showing like this whole money business doesn't matter at all because like people dying all over the place and the world is horrible. And that's what this movie is. It's showing you the world is horrible and these three people run for this money greedily. Fair enough. Which brings like, and again, it's at this point like in the film that this is a good film at this point. Like You've got lots of extras, you've got a plot, you've got danger, you've got all of that stuff. And and the film's so long, and I don't know if you remember the bit. I think I pointed out when we were watching it is there's there's like a scene, and this is where running, 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 cannons, 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 <laughs> graves, graves, graves comes into it because you've got literally it's snap cuts between they've obviously had this massive set like done, and they've got all these extras in, and you've got like five minutes, five like five solid minutes of people running towards the bridge, and it's like snap cut one, people running. 
Now I've got two people running, three people running, four people running, mm. five people running, and then it's cannons, bang, next cannon, bang, next cannon, bang. And they duck down to a, to avoid the cannon, and they're like, oh, look, here's some Acme Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also pointed out yeah. that the way that camp looked and disheveled and kind of desperate, they would just have, like, explosives lying around and saying explosives <laughs> in, like, crayon written on it. It's, the film takes so long to do everything else, and it could not take five minutes for them to just look through a trunk to find some explosives. Yeah, explosives just lying around. Yeah, well, explosives maybe, but it just seems just an absolutely ridiculous thing. It seemed like it was intentionally comedic to me. Oh, uh, that bit, I'm not sure, but... Maybe. Especially, like I say, they've got so many things leading up to it. I mean, they, they obviously spent a lot of money on it and they want to keep it in the film. Uh, and they want to make the most out of it in the film. Mm. Like, oh, look at all the, all the special effects and look at all the um, people we got for this. I will say this, though. The actual special effects, like practical special effects, blowing up the bridge and that. That's that's yeah. cool. Yeah, you know. because they blew up a bridge. <laughs> it's literally... Twice. Yeah, they did it twice. They did it twice. Accidentally. Oh... Uh... So yeah, they they rigged the bridge. This is my last fun fact, by the way. One of the one of the guys shouted something, but it, it, people mistook that as the oh, no. as the explosion trigger. So then the person did the did the <laughs> explosion, and the light was all wrong. And the director, who was like a known perfectionist, it was like, no, we have to rebuild the bridge and we have to re blow it up. Wow, <laughs> that's that's a fun fact. So that's that skyrocketed the budget. I bet, yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. And then finally we come to the end. The amazing epic conclusion. Yeah. What did you think of the music? At, th- at this point, the music can't become really, really, really good. Um, so. I don't know. The music in the film. So obviously you have that iconic like... Yeah, variations on that as well. Like you have you, like ladies singing, and like, that's like, like a slow one, a fast one, a loud one, a quiet one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's my problem with it. It's everywhere. <laughs> like you, it's really iconic music, and you you always associate that with westerns, and that's kind of the thing from the film that everybody knows. Yeah. But it becomes like this ridiculous. You know, he walks through a door. <laughs> <laughs> turns to the left <laughs> hangs his hat on the thing yeah it's kind of I think it's <laughs> it's meant to be like a stinger I think it's uh, that that part of the movie does feel outdated definitely the use of music but the, like the music itself I think is wonderful okay uh, what about the end the end it's a different track Two, the... two different tracks, which I don't even remember. I remembered Ecstasy of Gold, which is when Tuco runs around in the graves. Mm, for about 20 minutes. Yeah, and you know what the point of that scene is? Is that so many fucking dead people and it's fucking supposed to be upsetting and he's looking for gold. That's the whole like kind of theme of the movie. That's why that's powerful. Because he's like, oh my god, gold, gold, gold. And it's just like, yeah, a lot, so lots of time was just graves, graves, graves. Yeah, great, yeah. But the favorite, favorite bit of not mine is when they, uh, that also looks like really expensive when they like zoom out and there's just so many graves. It's so... that That's a real grave site. Yeah? Yeah, you can go visit it. Yeah, yeah? That's, that's a real oh, like, visit it. grave, grave site, graveyard. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. Cemetery. That's, okay, yeah, it's fancy. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Look at you with your big words. So, yeah, that track, Ecstasy of Gold, which is Metallica, plays every, as far as I understand, every concert. They Mm -hmm. play their own rock version. Then I forgot the trio, which is when they have El Trio, I think the track name is, when they have that little showdown with the rock in the middle. Yeah, I forgot that track is really good as well. I love Ennio Morricone. And when he died, all the articles said, the guy who did Ooh, 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 died. (laughs) I was just like, what the fuck, man? And he's like, oh, he's so amazing. He's my favorite composer ever. (laughs) (laughs) When we come to the end, the the actual end of the film, where they all kind of, they all face off in a shoot off together. Do you know, they they stare at each other for three minutes. Yeah. Three whole (laughs) minutes they stare at each other. Building tension. 
building tension. Building tension. Not even building tension, just tension. Just com just completely like, oh my god, what the fuck's gonna happen? No, you know what's gonna happen. But then, no, you, you course, of course, you know what's gonna happen. No. Yes, you do. Did you know that? Definitely, yes. Did you know that he took Tuco's bullets? Would you ever guess that? I knew who was gonna survive it. Who did Tuco aim at? The bad. But my impression was that, like, Blondie kind of saved him. Yeah. He was going to kill himself by being an idiot. You you knew that the good and the ugly were going to survive. Yeah, uh, yeah. Probably. I mean, the whole movie is so bleak. I, I don't think it would have been too out of place if the complete opposite happens. I honestly don't think that. Like, no. it's it's such a, like, a dark movie. When you but, think about all the horrible thing that happens. Yeah, but like in, in still in terms of like old films, the good guy wins or the good people win because they've been yeah. teaming together for most of the film and they go through this journey together where they start to trust each other and then, you know, they they just were going to survive. And again, you're just looking there for three minutes like, come on. And I, I wasn't going to make this comparison because oh, no. it, is it is out there. It's like a reality show. You know, where they're like, one contestant will make it through to the next round. <laughs> and it's going to be the next winner of this reality show is... We'll be back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's that. It's just kind of like, come on. <laughs> it is that, like, on the very most basic level. But I care about these characters. I care about them. You don't. <laughs> so it was boring to you it was exciting for me okay <laughs> even if i've seen it if, because i've seen it before i didn't exactly know what happens i didn't remember what exactly happened so is it interesting to see like all the nuance with like tuco's guns taken out and... did you know tuco's guns on a string really for the, for the like the whole film oh yeah i did see that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i think it's to keep it close by i guess yeah so yeah so it's yeah. it's in originally he didn't have he still doesn't have in the film a gun holster. Oh yeah, because he can't like afford a gun holster. <laughs> that's the implication. Okay. So, but he was supposed to just be dangling on a string for the mm -hmm. whole film, but it kept like swinging around and hitting him in the crotch. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, the director's like, "Okay, you can put it in your pocket," and that's why he's got a gun okay. on a string in his pocket. Wasn't it around his neck at some point? Potentially, I, can't I think. Remember. I think when there was that bath scene when the guy comes back for revenge. <laughs> when you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. <laughs> He improved that line. I know, I know that, I know that one. There you go. Yeah. He's he's the standout actor this he's, time. Yeah, he's well known for that. Um, so yeah, that's okay. So when I wrote my review, I, I it starts with why I probably went into this film unlikely to enjoy it, mm -hmm. and it's because of everything we've spoke about in terms of like you know the. Tarantino films that, that are heavily influenced. There's loads of things that are so heavily influenced by Westerns by that time in cinema. And I, I do appreciate the idea that at the time it was new, it was original. You didn't have like blurred lines. You just had a good guy and a bad guy. Yeah. And the ba good guy won. And this is kind of takes that a little bit out of its zone. But the problem is with a film that was made in 19... I'm going to say 1967 again. Those concepts have been done... Have been picked up by and like all the directors since, and they've been done better. They've been done worse. They've been made, you know, bigger. They've been made smaller. They've been made and then made and then made again. And it's difficult. They just now they're just a cliche. They're they're the same old thing, boring. Blah, blah, blah. And even though it is the original start of it, I've still seen it a hundred times before in a hundred different ways. Better, worse, all of that. So the idea of like, I'm going to watch it and think, oh my god, this is amazing, because it's not new to me. Mm. I've seen it before. I've seen it's it's been done. I think that's true if you focus on the details, but if you focus on the big picture, I haven't seen a movie like this before. A group of misfits who went on a journey during war, and there's war in the background, and everything is horrible, and they are looking for gold. I just haven't seen this movie before, like in this specific setup. I yes, the details where it's like the Mexican standoff, the this and that. But when you zoom out at the big picture, I think it's still original mm. until they reboot it. Well, yeah, I'm surprised they haven't already. 
but yeah again but there's so many things like you watch about like someone trying to get to somewhere through a backdrop of war 1917 the film that's that's kind of takes the war him trying to get across the country that's at war mm-hmm. that's that kind of thing where like a group of people run across the country to try and get to a gold or a prize the rat, film rat race rat race yeah it's I a had, mad 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 world like i said there's so many films that take the elements of good bad and the ugly and they make it better yeah and, again you say elements but I'm saying like this kind of combination of things. I yeah, but it's original. it's a combination of things that I've already seen. It's not 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 new precisely. To me. Yeah, but no no film that gets made is precisely a combination know, of other films. Like but... a lot of films reuse tropes and this and that. But like, what's the big picture? I'm a big picture guy. I like yeah. themes and and that kind of stuff. And this film like says something. War is horrible, which is a lot of films say to be honest. Yeah. But but in this specific the way it's told and the way it's presented is completely unique still i think saving private ryan is another one where people walk through a water and for me that's more impactful because people die people yeah. like people in the company fury um that's another one where they're just at war there's so many films that do the horrors of war better than the good the bad and the ugly because there's consequences at the end like the only main character in the film that dies is the bad and it's not there's no emotional impact there's no kind of real sense of loss from the main characters at any point in that film they're just like oh look there's a war happening over there but that's <laughs> i think that's the point is that like they're blinded by the gold there's no kind of scene where they just like oh the horror yeah because you're already experiencing it there's the contrast of them wanting money and then they're kind of like with blinds on like a horse they they go through war it's like a dark comedy they blinds on they go go through war and there's all these horrible things remember that that little scene they want to get across the bridge uh to put the explosives on right and there's a little bit where they <laughs> a lot oh, of the stretcher the stretcher. yeah that was actually in my notes i, I thought i'd skip that because I, I was getting into details too much <laughs> Yeah, they follow they, they follow this guy. It's like my, my note was what happened to the guy on the stretcher because they follow him in. They follow this two guys carrying the stretcher with this very injured man, and they just walk out with this empty stretcher. <laughs> like yeah. everybody, oh, probably I don't dead. mean that exactly. I mean okay. when um, they go with the stretcher with the explosives on, and then someone is walking towards them. Yeah, I think another pair of guys with stretchers. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the good and the ugly, they they pretend to pick uh, like an injured guy up or a dead guy up. Yeah. And then as soon as they're out of eyeshot, they drop him and they just keep going. Yeah. So I I think that's like it's like a dark comedy. Done better elsewhere. No. And it should have been done better elsewhere because they've had like fifty years to do better. So it makes sense that it has been done better since. Not like those specific pieces of the puzzle, but you, you people have taken a lot of concepts from that and added an extra bit, or added or taken a bit away to kind of streamline it, because it doesn't even streamline. It's just I can't think about the movie like that. You know, I can't see a perspective. If you pick out pieces and make them better, that doesn't make it the same movie. No, it doesn't. But I'm trying to think of a good example, I take for example like the new kind of trend in films where you like understand the bad guy's point of view mm-hmm. and you you see why they're there and what they're doing and the reason for that you, you relate to them yeah you, you don't relate to the, the bad no. in this you, he is old man sick old man killing mm-hmm. evil person puppy kicking terror if you include that in this movie you make that a different film and this is and this it, is this film, and it should be a different film. <laughs> that's, that's why I don't like it. It's because it needs a lot more emotional impact, mm. or it needs a lot of the film cutting out. For me, I had plenty of emotional impact, and even I usually suck up like negativity <laughs> from when I'm watching film. Even if I, if it's a film I like, and you and my girlfriend were moaning all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Moaning all the time. I, I was very, I was very well behaved. 
you like making notes like <laughs> you're acting up making notes like another note another note this is another bad thing with this film yeah 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 uh, i think that's a good I, ending point the, yeah the we are never going to agree we have to agree to disagree yeah it would be a pretty rubbish ending if we end up just agreeing with each other yeah. actually yeah we both agree it's a terrible film i had a feeling you're not gonna like it i was maybe 50 50 on it okay. that you might like it but at least i introduced you as a film critic to this <laughs> piece of cinema history yeah so there I, is some positive in it there right? is some there is some and you know, I do try and watch the films that people, the, the classic films that people recommend and that people are so highly rated. Films like, you know, The Shawshank Redemption, which I didn't enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably the most controversial thing that I can yeah. I can ever say. People, I haven't seen it in such a long people time. People love that film. So now that I introduce you to this uh, amazing cinema experience what are we gonna watch next well so you give me one amazing cinema experience i'm gonna give you a really popular film that's you know it's a sequel okay. to a very beloved film yeah um worthy of its <laughs> of its predecessor uh, and we are gonna watch jumanji 2 okay and i can't remember the the title there's a tagline because there's there's a second and a third one and they are completely identical films. <laughs> um, and I can't remember. One's called Welcome to the Jungle, which I think is the second one. And then I don't know what the third one's called. Unless it's Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> In which case, well, that's what... Not Jumanji what 2. Welcome to more Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. The squeeze. Oh, there you go. Jumanji 2 is called The Next Level. <laughs> my, my producer is just saying... Oh, are they going to... Put in like a video game thing. Yeah. Oh god. Jumanji, Jumanji two. Welcome to the jungle. Or well, Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. Is it has it has a computer game. It, they get they get sucked into a computer game. Well, I'm it's looking for incredibly to. popular comedic film. Um, I look forward to your reaction to The Rock playing <laughs> The Rock in the film about The Rock. <laughs> I think you misspoke. I think you mean a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for everything. Uh, uh, follow us on the things. Yeah, all the things. All the things. I'll record the thing. Right. And smash that like button. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Dan from the future. You can get in contact with us on Instagram. I hate your movie with an underscore after each word. So I underscore hate underscore your underscore movie. And we also have a Patreon where we're going to release bonus episodes for $1 a piece. And the first one should be up already called We Hate Cocaine Bear about the new Elizabeth Banks movie, which is pretty terrible. And we both hated it. Spoiler alert. Don't watch it. Our Patreon is I hate your movie. So you should be able to find it. And thank you very much for Borogato for the logo and thank you for SPT42 for the music. I'll try to link them if uh, that's possible below. Check out tripolar.co.uk, T-R-I-P-O-L-A-R.co.uk for amazing graphic novels that I make. Also, me and Rick are working on a card game called Singularity Hacks. So for that, check out singularityhacks.co.uk. And thank you very much again for listening.